0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Popcast Cafe Podcast. I'm Kavya, and I'm your host, and I'm so excited to have you all back here for episode six of the podcast. Um, Obviously, I didn't post last week, and that's just because my scheduling is kind of going to go with about five or six episodes, and then a week off, and then five five or six episodes, and a week off. So that's kind of the pattern it's going to be following, so you guys can kind of expect that. But I am back now, very excited to be doing episode six of my podcast now, Um, and this is also our sixth take, so let's see if we can make it through this time. If you guys are listening to this one, then that obviously means that we did. Um, Go ahead and hit the follow button before we get into anything. Hit the notification bell. You'll be notified every time I post, which is every Friday um, at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is my time. Um and before I get into this week's topic, I want to go ahead and introduce my first ever guest on the podcast and that is my sister Krithi. So go ahead Krithi, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Krithi and uh me and Kavya are pretty similar. We have a lot of the same interests. So you you should probably be expecting to hear me a lot on this podcast. Yes, and that's really exciting cuz Krithi and I are very similar. We have all of the same interests for the most part. Um Kind of similar opinions like because we just discuss this kind of stuff all the time so we have a lot of opinions um and so she's going to be here a lot we're also going to try to contain ourselves because we'll probably be laughing and i'm sure with more practice and the more time she's on here we'll get more used to it but uh we're gonna try to <laughs> contain ourselves as we go so um as you guys can probably tell by the title of this video or not this video, whoa, <laughs> this is not a YouTube <laughs> channel, the title of this episode, um, we are going to be reviewing the quirky girl boss movie that was Camila Cabello's version of Cinderella. Um, if you haven't already seen this movie, this is the prime video original. Um, you guys can go do that if you want, or don't. You can listen to this re- review instead. Save yourself, like, two hours of time. Unless you want to and you watch all the other Cinderella adaptations, like me and my sister do, and you just can't miss out on seeing whatever comes next And the many, many Cinderella movies that I'm not sure if we actually need, but it's fine. I'll take it, because I'm very easily entertained. But go watch that if you want to, or just listen to this review. Um, we have a lot of opinions on this movie that we're going to be um, discussing, but before we start talking about the movie itself, there's a couple points I want to hit on. So first, um, we kind of wanted to have just a discussion on Camila Cabello herself, um, and then her placement in this movie, and just kind of the pipeline that we usually see of stars like her um, kind of, I guess, slowly starting to star in their own movies and stuff. So what's your opinion on that, Krithi? So lately... I think we had, like, a lot of people who aren't actors acting in movies, but with this one, I was actually kind of okay with it, because, like, she wasn't bad. It wasn't, like, Addison Rae and He's All That. This was actually pretty good, and she was not bad. And But, I mean, it didn't really require too much of, like, a range, but I still think she did pretty good. Yeah. And um, yeah, because we're not necessarily big fans of Cumula, Um <laughs> both as an individual performer, as like we were never really Fifth Harmony fans either. Um, we were definitely out of girl groups. We're definitely on the Little Mix train all the way completely. I could do whole last segments about Little Mix and Fifth Harmony where I talk about why I liked Little Mix and their music better, but obviously Fifth Harmony was still um, pretty successful, especially um, in the U.S. and everything, so um, Camila obviously tried to branch off a little bit, um, and she's obviously made a bigger name for herself, which is, I mean, you can look at that in several different ways. I mean, I'm sure harmonizers look at that very differently than me and my sister might look at it for example because we were also one direction fans so we know what it's like for someone (laughs) to leave the group so we know it's kind of scarring and traumatizing but um shifting uh we wanted to talk about cinderella in general like cinderella the cinderella remakes that we get so much of this is probably remake number 100 at this point we've seen so many so 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 many um remakes so I'm gonna quickly ask so what was your favorite Cinderella remake and why okay so well you already know the answer to this so we have the same answer yeah my favorite uh Cinderella remake or adaptation was a Cinderella story the Hilary Duff and Chad Michael Murray one (laughs) but uh that one was I still think is like very nostalgic and holds a special place in my heart, so. I simply think it's the best one. A Cinderella Story is definitely the best one. If you're into, like, if you're as into early 2000s stuff as my sister and I are, then it's definitely going to be the one that's to stand out. We definitely are not very big Chad Michael Murray (laughs) fans. Um, If you're on Twitter, then you're probably, like, more aware as to why because I don't really ever see anybody critiquing him anywhere else except for Twitter so if you know you know but um at the same time like that's probably you know one of the only roles of his where I was kind of like okay with the character he was playing I was like okay because he was fine obviously I loved Hilary Duff in the role it was iconic it was a couple years after Lizzie McGuire which we loved it's one of my top Disney channel shows Mm -hmm. so love um Lizzie McGuire love Hilary Duff it's just the best one it was obviously the first of the Cinderella story ones there's been four since and there's a fifth one coming out Mm -hmm. very soon right yeah yeah there is um with yeah so with bailey madison and michael evans is it belling or bailing i never knew belling i think it's Belling. belling i've never known it's the guy it's jordan baker from all american i've never known exactly how to pronounce his last name but anyways so that's the next one coming out so we were definitely a big fan of that um the top two, I hope everyone agrees, is the Hillary Duff and the Selena Gomez ones. Yes. Um, the Lucy Hale one was also good because it's like still considered very iconic to me because I think that that was also the like when I I definitely watched those first three, the Hillary, Selena, and um, Lucy one, all around the same point in my life. Like I kind of got introduced to the three of them at the same time, so they all hold very nostalgic places in my heart. And also the music from it was just a bop. And it was great mm. to see Lucy Hale um, in something that wasn't Aria Montgomery <laughs> from Pretty Little Liars. So um, yeah, that's kind of uh, my opinions on that. So A Cinderella Story with Hilary Duff and Chad Michael Murray was definitely the best Cinderella remake. Um, and of the original Disney ones, the trilogy, Cinderella, the second one and the third one, which one was your favorite? definitely the third one which was a twist in time because that one was just it's so like I remember it so vividly and I love the concept of it like the him like forgetting the entire love story with him and Cinderella and Anastasia kind of taking her Cinderella's place I just like I love the whole concept of that and it was it's like so nostalgic yeah, I always think that um, those kinds of, like, um, movies or episodes of shows where there's, like, um, a memory swipe or anything like that, it's those are always such fun, um, you know, moments and stuff, and those are always very enjoyable. The third one is also probably my favorite, but the second one holds a very special place in my heart because Anastasia and the baker were so cute, and it was such a cute little love story. And also watching Cinderella, um, like, plan all those banquets was so... Fun, because um, I love the idea of, of like event planning and stuff, and like in possible careers, I want to like work in like with working with different things, like creative um outlets and stuff like that, so like planning like big events and stuff is like something that would be so cool and such an honor to do. so like watching her like plan banquets and stuff as a kid was just it's always so fun. I love watching like little party planners and banquet planners and things like that. I feel like that's always so fun so. Anyways, now we can actually um, progress into talking about this Cinderella um, remake. So what are your thoughts on this Cinderella remake, just as a whole, compared to the other ones in the past, both the Disney ones, like the trilogy, as well as um, the live-action, as well as other live-action adaptations, and then also the Cinderella stories? Um, Okay, so... I think that, okay, so if I'm just going to talk strictly on, like, the live-action Cinderella's, I still think that the Lily James one is still my favorite. Everything, I think the dress in it was beautiful. Yeah, the dress was so much better than this one, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but the Lily James one just kind of stays on top. I didn't think that this movie would surpass it and it didn't so (laughs) but I mean it's it's okay but I mean in comparison to the other adaptations and live actions I would probably rank this as one of the worst because I feel like the others are just that good. Yeah, I feel like the only ones that stick out in my head as not being as good are the last two Cinderella stories. Yeah. Those definitely... But that's also because I'm pretty sure they took a little gap in the middle from making them, at least in my head. Um, it was a while before Sophia Carson and then Laura Marano did Cinderella stories. So maybe that's why, um, and they're still trying to continue on with that quote-unquote franchise. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know, those are probably so somewhere along the lines of that, and I didn't even hate those ones. They just weren't as good. So that's kind of probably where this one stands. Um so yeah, so um the cast of this one, that was, you know, pretty fun. Obviously, there was Camila, and then there was, of course, Idida Menzel playing the um the stepmother, the evil stepmother, which is awesome for us. Broadway fans and musical fans because that's always so fun. And she kind of taps into a lot of media stuff. She works a lot in Hollywood as well, especially in recent years. She works a lot in like movies and TV shows and stuff like that. So it wasn't like, you know, something that was like, whoa, so crazy. But at the same time, it was still really fun to see her. And I think that she had some of like the best performances and moments that were kind of the standout ones for me um and stuff like that but um talking strictly again on Camila Cabello um do you th- how do you think she actually performed in this role um so I kind of already like said a little bit but I think that overall she did good I wasn't expecting her to be bad I wasn't like I already said I wasn't expecting this to be like an Addison Ray tragedy like it was, it was good, but, I mean, then again, like I already said, it didn't require too much of a range in acting, yeah, I don't think there were, there was too much, it was, it was pretty basic, honestly, but she did fine, I guess, with what was given. Yeah, when I say she definitely didn't, um, act terribly in this. It's strictly just because her material wasn't too hard and obviously most singers in the game can act to a certain degree just because they do things like music videos and shoots and stuff like that. So to a certain degree they can put on a face and um, you know do small bits and stuff because even in Camila Cabello's music video she's had like several little bits at the beginning where it was like a little acting scene or something like that and it was still pretty basic. It's not like she had to have this like major breakdown moment where it was, like, huge, like, high-level acting required, like, not really anything like that, so it wasn't too hard. Now, on the singing front of it, obviously Camila Cabello isn't a bad singer, but she's not, like, her voice necessarily isn't right, in my opinion, for this role, There was a lot of bits. Her voice sounds very much like um, a pop singer, which is fine because that's exactly what she is. But there were certain points with the type of music she was singing, where it sounded a bit out of place, or pop singing requires different, um, techniques to be used, so there were certain points where she would cut it, and etc, cetera, etc, cetera. and that's really great if this was a radio single or something, like, you know what I mean, but, um, it's supposed to come up across a little bit differently, so there were certain music moments from her where the singing, and obviously it wasn't terrible, um, but, At the same time, it wasn't necessarily very fitting for the role of Cinderella and for the kind of music she was singing. Like, if the entire movie was covers instead of some original stuff, then maybe it'd be okay, because they did sing, like, a lot of poppy, popular songs. Um, But there were certain bits where it was a bit, you know, uh, um, out of place. What did you think? I think that she... I think, you know, obviously Camila Cabello has a nice voice, but obviously it's... obviously it's mostly suited for pop music and so singing in like a musical these types of songs it can seem a little bit out of place especially singing when there's like somebody else in the film like Idina Menzel who obviously sings very different type of music from Camila and so I think that When you put it side by side, and also not just Idina Menzel, everybody else that sang, it is a little bit out of place. So, and also just the fact that, like, Camila has, like, a very um, unique voice. And so I feel like she can't really blend too much with multiple with other voices. Okay, let's just be straightforward about this. Um, So in Fifth Harmony, we all know that one person was very much, very obviously squeaking above everybody (laughs) else. So um, obviously she was kind of put at the center of the band, so it's not entirely her fault. But even here, it's like certain moments where she is kind of like going over everybody else. And obviously, again, she's the main character. She's supposed to be loud, but... (laughs) Her voice is just so suited for doing this individual type pop music. It's Mm -hmm. good for that because by herself, she sounds okay. Mm -hmm. When she's with the group, that's when you start to realize like, oh, her voice is kind of squeaky or oh, I'd kind of rather be hearing more of this voice instead Mm -hmm. because her voice does get a bit like overused, like over the top, excessive type of thing. Like I'm, I'm going to be a little bit honest right now, like she couldn't even harmonize with herself, <laughs> like in, um, like in the million to one is what it's called. Yeah, I think she, so. At the end, I guess she's seeing like her, in quotations, future self. You know, with at like yeah, a little still. princess and the popper scene <laughs> from the yeah. Barbie princess and the popper. And so they're like looking at each other and sh- they're like harmonizing with each other, but it's like she couldn't even harmonize with herself. I don't know, maybe that was just like the crappy editing, but it's just like I feel like her voice can't be layered with others. Yeah. And it's actually, um, kind of funny, just speaking of the little Barbie Prince in the pauper, um comparison um before i even watched the movie like the day it came out essentially i woke up i think i was getting ready for school if it was a friday whatever i was up i was on my phone i go on twitter first thing every morning obviously and i reloaded my timeline and um there was a clip from it and it was that scene with the like future self <laughs> or whatever and everybody was just like not the barbie princess and the popper of it all and i was so confused looking at it i was like why are there two camillas <laughs> like do we need that um but anyways (laughs) that's kind of um, what we wanted to say about Camila's acting and singing job um overall decent yeah overall it was good (laughs) um yeah i mean i'm being extra generous now because i witnessed he's all that two weeks ago so yeah (laughs) and the kissing the three a week before that monstrosities (laughs) this is a, a top tier movie compared to that so and I still gave this movie two stars yeah. on Letterboxd. <laughs> but I mean, they got half a star, so... that's that, that puts it into perspective, yeah. Okay, so now we want to quickly discuss the characters itself. So all the characters in this movie and the changes that were made um, to the characterization. So I guess we'll start off with the Step family um, and our opinions on that so I think the obvious one that comes to mind was that... I mean, obviously things are modernized, so I'm not necessarily against it. It was just, like, jarring for a second to see if the the family <laughs> was not as bad as they're usually supposed to be and kind of are presented in every other adaptation. Um, what do you think? I have so much to say about this because this was, like, one of the things I kept complaining about throughout the film because in the original Cinderella... Um, and in every single adaptation that has been made, this step family, like, th- they're absolutely cruel. They literally make this girl, like, scrub the floors. They treat her like a slave. It's horrible. They're absolutely cruel to her. And I feel like in this one, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with it. It just kind of, like, threw me off when... They, I mean, like, I guess, yeah, she, this is really bad, but she, like, lives with, like, mice and bugs (laughs) in the basement. So quirky of her, but she lives in the basement with mice and bugs, and, like, she has to, like, give them tea every morning, and I guess she wears, like, an, uh, in quotations, uglier outfit than all of them. But, like, I feel like that really just wasn't doing it for me. Yeah, and also- It just was not giving- And also I think the most important thing in a story is obviously besides the beginning, middle, and end, it's certain characters you want to have. You want to have your protagonist and you want to have your antagonist or your Mm -hmm. villains. And um, with the characterization shift, it felt like there was no real villain of the story. There was Mm -hmm. no one that we were like, oh, I need to protect Cinderella from or I want Cinderella to get, you know, because before it even hit the ending bit, it was still 40 minutes left and um, they were being much more kind to her and Mm -hmm. even when they found out that it was her at the ball um she was obviously not great about it because she's like oh go marry him instead of follow your dreams or whatever but she was a lot more supportive than she would have been in the original or any of the other um adaptations this was it was actually shocking because i know in the original cinderella how everybody feels like when they see that scary looking lady Lady Tremaine, I think, was her yeah, name. Lady Tremaine. Yeah, she was actually terrifying. There's a terrifying like, scene of her where um, yeah. it's like going dark. Yeah, and the it's entire like, screen, the and you can only see like her she eyes are t- glowing. No no, 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 she's so <laughs> creepy. She's actually so creepy, and especially as a kid watching that, it's it's scarring. It's like Mother Gothel, like <laughs> she's that scary, and I think that like the scariest moment would be like when she finds out that it was Cinderella all along at the ball, it's like that, oh, my God, I'm so scared moment. And when and in this one, when the stepmother finds out, I gasped at the screen expecting, like, some big reaction, like, oh, my God, this is going to be, like, that big climax moment. And then, her, I mean, not that this is great, but, like, her first reaction is, Cinderella, you have to go marry him so we will be set for life, like... What happened to the part where she, like, beats this girl up and throws her <laughs> in the dungeon? Like... Yeah, no, because in the original, she locks her in the room so that she can pretend that it's her daughter's feet. Like, that's not even the, um... Attitude, and they even have this little singing moment that's supposed to be kind of endearing towards the end, where she's and she, like, like gives supporting like a her. Motivational yeah, she gives her a motivational Hello? speech too. Yeah, and that was before she. F- that's before she finds out uh-huh, about. She gives her this um, like motivational speech about how she has to go like follow her dreams. Yeah, and then it's like what is this warped version, right? And the secondary antagonists are typically the stepsisters, but it felt like they had a very, very minor Mm -hmm. role in the story. Anastasia and Drizella were, like, just a very, very small part of it. I almost said Drusilla. (laughs) I'm in my Buffy the Vampire Slayer brain mode. But, um, anyways, they had a very small role in the story. They just, they didn't do too much. They weren't Cruel or nice or anything. And they're supposed to be like these like really bratty, annoying people who are also extremely annoying to Cinderella. And also aren't they the ones that gave her the nickname Cinderella? Like that's pretty mean, but like (laughs) the stepsisters in this really honestly, they did nothing. Their point was literally just because in the original there were stepsisters, so they just kind of like had to be there for the sake of being there. and they never added much to the story. They never gave that humiliation to Cinderella that they always kept giving her in the original. Mm-hmm. It's just very I agree. Confusing. Um, Yeah. Um, but the scene where they throw stuff at her, I don't know what they throw. Like, now I'm, like, struggling oh, yes, to remember. Oh, yes, that scene like, was Like, whatever lovely. shit it was. That was funny. That, that was very was funny. That was lovely. That was, like, a nice moment where I was, like, I feel peace. At least they didn't rip the dress. I don't know if I that know. really says much, because the dress is still ruined. No, but, in like, the original, it was, like... They I mean, really ripped it no, off. No, I mean, I'm, ex- and, like, I'm, be- I'm exaggerating beans. right now, but they, like, beat her up. <laughs> and they, like, ruined everything stop if i were her i would literally murder them all they were so horrible to her you know they were always horrible to her but that moment after like her and her little mice friends worked so hard to like make that outfit and they ruined it like Mm -mm, that's not okay and in this they took like some paint and just like threw it at her like don't get me wrong i laughed like (laughs) maybe it's bad that i laughed but i laughed so it's like but where's the part where you guys beat her up like no (laughs) i wanted terrible um um but yeah okay moving on from uh step family so the hags the hags in question being the prince's parents why was there all this Hags drama? There was Hags know. music, Hags drama. I was like, what is going on with his parents and why do I care? Go back to the plot. The plot not being you guys. Exactly. <laughs> like, they literally wasted like five whole minutes of my scream time with their stupid scene about the late about like the the mom going to the dad and being like giving her whole, like, peace on, like, how they used to be in love, and it's like, nobody cares, <laughs> like, and then they sing a weird song, and then they, <laughs> and then they sing some, like, skull or something stupid like that, okay, like, skull and I was like, was I supposed to laugh? Yeah, no, Like, was I was weird. booing, I was busy booing you off my screen. It was boring. We don't need the hags drama. I don't know who thought it would be a good idea, because how are they more relevant than the stepsisters? Yeah, what that's world annoying. In is this true? Also, the mom's plot was literally measuring the thrones. (laughs) Like, it was giving very, um, season one, episode six or seven of High School Musical, the musical series, when, um, everybody, it's the episode where Out of the Old is playing for the first time, and all the characters are, like, sad about something, and EJ is sad because he's losing followers. It was very similar, there was some song playing, and it was showing how everybody was sad, and the mom was sad about her throne not being as high as I know, a, she, like, everybody's their doing their own sad stuff, and you can just see her measuring throats. <laughs> like, hello, lady, is this your only plot line? Um, yeah, so another character critique we had was about the fabulous godmother. Um, and it seemed like it was very much an attempt at being woke and cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, if we're being honest. Yeah, It no, it was definitely like a really lame, desperate attempt at being woke, because they just had to include that black gay character who has, like, one second of screen time, like, it was just so unnecessary, and I don't understand. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, like, way too hard. it's fine, like, I, like, obviously, like, but, um, it just came across as they were trying to be, weirdly woke with it, like, it just, it just came across as kind of weird, in short, like, that's just the way that everything was, um, just done about it, and the lines, it was just the lines, Mm -hmm. it was so weird, and stereotypical, like, the lines were just weird, I mean, we'll just move on, but it was weird, um, yeah, just the way it was all worded in the scene was just kind of odd to begin with, and then that was literally it, and then we never got to see, the Fabulous Godmother again. And I wanted to. I wanted to see the Fabulous Godmother again. And I wanted um, more that wasn't just an attempt at appealing, which is like the. I've talked about this in so many of my episodes before already. Like I've already hit on this a few times. But today it's just really an obsession of like trying to get kids today to relate or be like, oh my gosh, they're doing this. And obviously, like representation and stuff like that is the most important thing in the world. And I will always like continuously v- vouch for that but sometimes they'll just try to do some combination of stuff and then just give them like one second of screen time like that's not anything and it was just and at least the one second make it a good one second it's, yeah. it just seems like like if like... you watch the scene it was just very much an attempt at being woke in our opinions but we'll move on like that's kind of all we had to say about it um, since they like literally that was the only scene um, moving on Let's talk about Gwen, who is the princess sister, for those of you who don't know, because Gwen is really not a character in any other Cinderella you've probably ever seen. So, Gwen. Uh, Gwen was the princess sister, and they had her do this girl boss, feminist, I want to be the queen because I have, or the king, because I have good ideas, and I want to leave the country, but I can't because I'm a girl, and I was like, what is this, like, very odd subplot? It was, like, not relevant, but she would just come (laughs) in, poke her head out of, like, behind portraits every scene, and be like, what do you think of my idea? And most of her ideas were kind of just common sense things, and I was like, okay, you're not really bringing anything to the table. And, like, I'm all for, like, one of those feminist moments, but, like, It's not even, like, this movie was about that. This was, like, some random subplot that I predicted from the moment I saw her. From the moment I saw her, I was, like, who is that? But after I kind of figured out who she was, and then she came, like, one more time, I was, like, let me guess. Him and Cinderella are gonna end up living happily ever after, and she's gonna, like, take over the throne. Like, okay. Very predictable. We didn't didn't need this. We, like, maybe... It's just so random and I just don't understand the need for this random plot line. I mean, Gwen, we could have gone without her ever being a character. Yeah, I just Yeah, no, it was kind of necessary. Um and then just kind of um touching on Cinderella herself. So my sister actually was like added this note in about her character being kind of confusing. So I'll let her elaborate on that um in some short words. Go ahead. Yeah. Um so in the original, we all know that, obviously, Cinderella has been, like, pushed around and treated horribly her entire life, which has caused her to be, like, weak and delicate and fragile, and, you know, she can't really do much. You know, when really, actually, in reality, she's one of the strongest Disney princesses to be for being able to put up with that her entire life, but... I feel like here, obviously, this Cinderella was not treated nearly as bad as that one was. And so, um, it wasn't like... So, obviously, we don't expect her to be as fragile. But, I feel like they still tried to do that while making her more of, like, a modern Cinderella. Where it's like, oh, um, Cinderella who's, like, funny and quirky and sarcastic. While also still being, like, this little like delicate flower it felt like Ooh. they were jumping in between these Talks characters and yeah seems and obviously that's fine like i love like the characters who have like a really good well-roundedness like Buffy Summers is our favorite character of all time like she fits like all the character tropes and everything but it was um just kind of odd like a lot of again it's just a problem with some dialogue in this movie like a lot of it felt like it went very back and forth where it didn't feel like there were certain scenes that felt like it was a completely different character than others um so it felt like they were trying to keep um true to the original but also like do something new so um and obviously that's good because I think that's a good balance to always have a little bit of both but I think at certain points it wasn't very well executed so I think that's kind of the issue that we were getting at there okay so moving on from characters let's talk about the wardrobe mm-hmm. starting with the ugly as fuck dress so <laughs> yeah um <laughs> the dress is the most important part of any cinderella movie any cinderella adaptation or the outfit whatever it may be in any situation like the big reveal the transformation I mean whatever it is the transfer. Um, the transformation into the new fit is the most important part of doing Cinderella. And this dress, um, did not hit at all. It's the ugliest effing dress I've (laughs) ever seen. Like, what? It literally looked like a box. It looked like a box. Yeah. And the thing is, like... I'm not counting, like, other Cinderella story, um, like, Cinderella story, uh, adaptations, just strictly speaking on the Disney live-action Cinderella, that dress was everything I'd hoped for and more. I wanted that dress as a kid, but this, what was this? It was ugly. It was like she was wearing a Box on herself and the fact that the lady comes up to her at the ball and is like that's such a lovely dress where did you get it oh my god you designed it come work for me like no ew it was so ugly and I just I don't understand why that was her dream dress of all things why was that her dream dress and they could have they just really could have tried harder and also transformation scene was not it because transformation she's wearing this in quotations beautiful dress for like two seconds and she already has an ego like ooh prince get in line (laughs) like excuse me miss girl No, you get in line with that ugly dress. You're not going anywhere. You know, I think Normani would have looked great in that dress because (laughs) let's all be honest. I hope we can all agree that Normani was the best um, member of Fifth Harmony. I think if anyone from Fifth Harmony (laughs) should have gotten this role, it should have been Normani. Can we get Normani more booked? I mean, she's already busy. I'm waiting for more music, Normani. Come on, more music, please. But um, yeah, I think she probably would have. (laughs) looked great in the dress, because Normani looks great in everything, um, yeah, she looks great in everything, so, anyways, that was kind of a side note, but I think she would have looked good in the ugly dress, but other than that, the dress itself was ugly, I would have looked ugly in it, so it's not just Camila, guys, it's like, it's just kind of ugly, only Normani would look good in that dress, (laughs) because she looks good in everything, (laughs) um, but the transformation, yeah, like my sister said, transformation was bad, ego was weird like she was a after weird wearing this attitude nice no, dress yeah. for like two seconds yeah no um but um kind of speaking on wardrobe a little bit i mean it's not particularly like wardrobe wardrobe it's just kind of pretty general but the prince oh my god okay so the scene where um the prince um was like disguised or whatever and comes to see cinderella And the disguise was a bandana. Oh, my God. (laughs) The bandana. Like, that was such, like, a big complaint. Because they do that in pretty much, like, every single movie out there. Every time they're like, oh, my God, I've got to wear, like, a nifty disguise. They always put on, like, a hat. And I'm like, I know who you are. He puts on a freaking bandana. And I can see his face. And she's like, whoa, who is this? Some random stranger. He looks the exact same. He just looks like a pirate version of himself. Like, I don't get it. It was abandoned. And <laughs> so uh, that's just funny to me. It's funny. Um, But yeah, those are kind of all of our wardrobe complaints. Overall about the gowns, there were some, um, like some of the background people, like who were just dancers in some of the scenes, like with the music at the ball and everything. Some of them had gorgeous gorgeous um maybe they could dresses. have led one of those to <laughs> <laughs> some of them had gorgeous dresses some of them did not let's keep that in mind too there was like, like one kind nasty. of, yeah, there was a couple there that were really colorful and beautiful and some of them were colorful, like just and ugly, like they just had <laughs> weird color combinations. There was this one orange dress somewhere Where there that was disgusting, but there was a really pretty yellow one. Um, and there was a really pretty pink one. I and don't the remember. Black one. And the black one. There was a black one and a white one, um, in the front, like a black dress. I, I honestly cannot remember like the exact texture of it, but I feel like it was kind of like shimmery ish. And then there was a white one that was kind of similar, um. And they looked very, very pretty. And they were kind of towards the front. And there was a couple in the back that looked really pretty. But other than that, there was a lot of ugly ones. Also- Weird texture combinations, putting putting this together. Why did Camilla's- Oh, sorry, Cinderella's, um, pe- Peasant? In quotes. In quotes, (laughs) sorry. Um, peasant outfit look better than- Literally freaking Gwendolyn or, like, Gwen's outfits were <laughs> not it. She's literally yeah. in the royal family. You'd think she'd have, like, some cute outfits. Yeah, that or, no. that brown and purple or orange and purple <laughs> color combination with a little brooch was not it. No, it was kind of set up in, like, sari style, <laughs> like a no, sari. It, it looked like... you okay, yes. like, Camilla designed that. Yeah. Not, sorry, Cinderella designed that. It looked like, like a sari with the way that it was just, like, falling over. So it looks like, like, several things that I've had to wear to, like family weddings and stuff like that's just the way it fell so not the cultural <laughs> um, no but really um aside from the jokes but like um it was just it was weird um the way it was um i just didn't think the color combination was cute to begin with and even the scene where she was putting it together she just like was singing and she like spun around and just threw it over and she was like yeah. wow and I was, like, and our, that's not our, cute <laughs> <our> <laughs> at our
1: least first make it a thought cute...
0: was like <laughs> is, is that, that the a dress? sorry and like... our, we literally said is that a sorry no but like um for real like if you're going to make something like that can you make it a cuter color combination because what was that this that was ugly an orange like I'm no it was disgusting the vibe Okay, moving on from wardrobe. Let's talk about the music, because obviously music is a huge part of every Cinderella anything, or any um, of these kinds of things, and I will have to say that um, one of my favorite things about this movie, and something I do have to say that I really, really enjoyed, was the fact um, that it was super unique in how it structured its music, and the music concepts. We had all covers for the most part with a few original songs. And I absolutely loved that. Um, I thought it was so good. I thought it was so unique because it was really fun to watch a movie like this and just hear so many familiar songs. Um, and it was really fun to hear like the takes on it and really like um, cool, intricate, vibrant performances that went along with these as well that, was, that were just really, really fun to watch. Um, what did you think? I thought that that was such like a such a cool, unique, and original concept. Um, giving you know very much Glee, um, with the original songs sprinkled in there with lots and lots of covers, which I loved about it. It's just like such a unique concept, which not a lot of you know films do. You know, doing covers. It's just like something so refreshing to be able to watch it, and then you're like, hey, I know this song, and then you're able to, like, sing along, and I think that it just, like, brightens the mood, and it makes it so much more enjoyable to watch. Yeah, and I think, um, there was one scene where, um, The prince was singing or doing, like, a number, and, um, we kind of saw, um, there there was, like, a choir or something, and we were kind- my sister and I were just kind of joking around, being like, oh, this is, like, giving very glee, because of, like, just, um, the choir, like, harmonizing and stuff just sounded like the New Directions kind of, like, harmonizing and everything, and then all of a sudden the prince starts singing Somebody to Love- and then we just which like, they our covered heads, yeah, and our heads just snapped because somebody to love like automatically first thought Glee, and they were doing like very similar harmonies to how they do in that episode too. So it was just like very trippy, and I think he was wearing blue too, and they were wearing yeah, the and blue they're outfits. all wearing the blue shirts. Yeah, they're all wearing blue shi- yeah. um, shirts, so it was just very weird. So it's very very Glee, um, yeah. So <laughs> um, yeah, which is always fun, um, and obviously when you say something is very Glee, not everything can achieve what Glee was able to do with the music and stuff, so everything kind of falls short in comparison when you're doing um, covers and stuff, but I thought it was still pretty fun. So what was your favorite um, number and performance? Quickly, we actually have the same answer for this because we talked about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. This, um, the moment I saw it, I was like, "Yep, this is my favorite." The What a Man X uh, Seven Nation Army was so good. I like, know the band. Kids I know are the band kids were like getting so excited. Because I mean, that. I don't know about y'all, but when I did band in middle school. Everybody was obsessed with Seven Nation Army. I think that's still a thing, though. I think it's still I a thing. Like I mean, obviously, I'm not. I'm very far, like, I'm, I'm far away from middle school now, but uh, my sister is in middle school, so um, I think that's still a thing. I feel like that's just a universal thing, that band kids love Seven I think, because I remember the kids who, like, used to sit behind me in my band row, who played, like, I don't even remember who would sit behind the flutes. Was it, like, trumpets? No, trumpets were a little bit further down. Saxophones. Um, so they would be the ones I could hear the most clearly and they would always play like Seven Nation Army before the teacher started teaching and stuff and they would play it on the bus like on our way to like the Why? amusement park like it was weird <laughs> they loved Seven Nation Army <laughs> okay it wasn't weird it was kind of it was kind of fun like it was like oh that's the song you're always gonna have to hear every day but regardless um, that was by far also my favorite performance because I thought it was so good there were so many good um blending portions where both songs were mm, coming together they were singing at the same time it was beautiful I'll admit I was a little bit scared when they started singing what a man i was like oh this could go very bad very fast but surprisingly it was executed very well i loved it um what's the song again that camila keeps singing throughout the whole thing um a, a, a million to one yeah that song came a lot i feel like i yeah, feel they, like it they, had they several had repri- like, yeah. uh, a couple reprises yeah i was gonna say i feel like it had several reprises throughout it, I feel like because I felt like I was hearing it a lot. I mean, I know that there's two that come directly to mind, but I think there's a couple more as well. But that one was kind of cute. But I, I like mean, that one—it's squeaky. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she like at the end of that one, she was like trying to like harmonize with herself, and I'm like, girl, yeah, like, weird, yeah, because we stop. discussed that. It's getting really like strained. <laughs> no, because um after I heard the What a Man Seven Nation Army mashup, I was like, oh yeah, I'm listening to this tonight. So. Anyways, um, the only other note we had on music is that they kept rapping. <laughs> Whenever oh God, they stop. rap in, like, musicals and stuff, multiple it's times. so... So weird <laughs> it's so cringe like i'm watching and, the, and then the and villagers then are like shivers. bopping along i'm like no wait <laughs> i'm like enough with the rapping also i um, did not random random note that i don't it doesn't actually fit into where what we're even talking about now but i wanted to make this note because i see that i actually don't have it listed anywhere to talk about but there was a scene um, or not there was a scene sorry the whole movie so it is supposed to be taking place like back way back in the day like when it's originally supposed to be taking place but they're using all this like modern Like I know <laughs> obviously right? it's the modern take on it so it makes sense I'm not going to criticize it because obviously it makes sense like everybody likes to do modern takes on um old stuff it was just kind of like strange to see um, but anyways. yeah, queen, yes. <laughs> Like, who said that in the olden days? Um, but yeah, moving on to, um, kind of the last bit of this. Um, general critiques and things we found funny. So I think the main point of this is just a general critique of the story. Um, it's excusable in the Disney one because it's just like, oh, you're watching it with, when you're a kid and it's just you know, like a stupid cartoon, Uh, but they fall in love really fast, and I feel like it's jarring every time, especially whenever you see it in new adaptations. It's like, whoa, that happened really fast. Like, this girl sits on the prince's grandpa's Like the statue of his grandpa, grandpa. and then she She gets called, and then she gets called out, and she has this little attitude moment, and he has this love at first sight moment with her because she's like quirky, and then he has this whole dramatic monologue about how he has to marry her after like one day, and you and I know it's a movie, so things move fast, but at least in other movies, it's kind of shown like. Even though it's a movie, so you have to have build-up portion and everything else, it's shown in other movies that it's been over a period of time. Like, it's shown, like, oh, it's (laughs) been the summer. Oh, it's been the school year. They do things like that to give you a sense of time, but that didn't really happen here. It was still all in a day. So it felt very, like, whoa. It was just moving It's to be expected because Cinderella always moves very fast, and they they meet fast, they Mm -hmm. fall in love fast. But anytime you see a new adaptation of it, it's still, like, very, like, whoa. It's in your face for a second. Like, wow, that happened very, very fast. Can it happen that fast? Like, IRL, please? Like, you know, like <laughs> here's my question. Isn't the whole thing of Cinderella kind of superficial? Because the fact that Prince Charming only fell for Cinderella when he saw her in the beautiful ball gown. Like, <laughs> Technically, but we don't, we, hmm. we just pretend. <laughs> Do giving we really like Dawson and Joey? <laughs> about really, Dawson. Dawson and Joey. Dawson <laughs> pretended his whole life he liked her. No, he didn't. He liked her when he saw that she looked pretty. And then he just became obsessed with her. <laughs> Please. Um, Yeah, okay. Um, And the last critique we had that's very random as well, kind of thrown in here, is why did the royal family have British accents and then the villagers had American Mm, ones? I mean, the only thing I can think of is that British stuff is, like, considered very, like, regal and superior, and then the American people can just be, like, whatever, like, I guess. That's just typically how it's, like, looked at. So that's the only reason I can think of. It's like, okay, so the royal people get to have, like, these cool British accents, and then the American people can, like... Quack, and they're like in our in <laughs> yeah, our American like accents because apparently I learned when I took French in middle school that our accents like these American accents um, sound like ducks to people who don't like have American accents or don't listen to um English speaking and American accents. Apparently, that we sound like ducks. The ducks speak. Now I don't really know the validity of all that because I've never asked anyone, but um. That's the only reason I can think of. It was still kind of strange. I was like, oh, like, this is interesting. And I kind of really? noticed it later. I was like, why does they only, like, the people who are in the royal family have accents and everybody else is not? I guess it's kind of explained by that. But still, it's kind of random. It's kind, of kind of jarring. Kind of <laughs> jarring. Just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I guess that kind of brings us to the end um, of this episode to kind of sum everything up in our overall thoughts. Um. Well, I've kind of made it clear. It was not a terrible movie. It was a very mm, two-star. It was a very two-star movie, a two out of five. There were things I liked about it. Once again, to recap, my favorite things definitely being how they structured the music and how they um, put that together. My least favorite things definitely being Cinderella's dress because (laughs) when you go into Cinderella, obviously your highest expectation is the dress. So if it disappoints, the movie disappoints. But, um... Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. Um, thank you guys so much for uh listening to this episode. Um, thanks to my sister for being on this episode. You I'm welcome. sure I graced you with my <laughs> presence. I'm sure she's going to be on several to come, so it's definitely not the last of this and we're probably just going to keep getting better and better as we continue to try to talk together because it took us a while to be able to stop (laughs) laughing during the takes and we made it all the way through so I'm very proud there was a point where I was literally like are we going to be able to do this tonight because I don't know but anyways uh thank you guys so much and uh hit the follow button because that's obviously (laughs) great turn on the notification bell And I will um, obviously be posting next week, so something to look forward to. And until next time, bye. Bye. bye!